Hi friends, welcome back to the Health Word Podcast. I'm Elena, your host, and I'm so glad that you have joined me for a few minutes today. We are jumping into a topic that can be so confusing, and that is healthy eating labels and buzzwords and trendy terms. You know, there's so many of these kind of buzzwords when it comes to healthy eating, like clean, organic, non-GMO, but how do you know what those terms actually mean and if it's something you should really even need to pay attention to? So today we're diving into that on what you actually need to know to make an informed decision for you and your family. But before we get to that, since we're on the topic of healthy eating, I want to remind you of the free download that's available on my website right now. My brand new healthy eating formula guide walks you through the exact formula that you need to follow to create a healthy meal or snack. One of my favorite things about this download for you guys is that you can No matter how particular (laughs) or picky of an eater you may be, you can put any of your favorite foods or foods that you enjoy into the formula and know what you need to maybe pair with it or add with it or what you need to do to make it into a balanced meal that will help you to stay full, to keep your energy levels stable, to keep your blood sugar levels balanced. And so it really is a tool that you can take and use and really empowers you to be able to create healthy meals, no matter your circumstance, your personality, your food preferences, any of that. So I created that knowing that it would be so helpful, especially if you kind of struggle with knowing what to eat or feeling like you don't know how to eat healthy meals without following something extreme that will likely leave you feeling pretty burnt out. I think we've all experienced that. So this download will be really helpful for you. You can go to my website, yourhealthforward.com, or you can click the link in my Instagram bio to download it, or you can just look right below this podcast in the show notes and the link will be there as well. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward podcast where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Have you ever found yourself wandering around the grocery store trying to make healthy choices for your family or for yourself, only to be confused by all the labels you see placed all over the packages or boxes or hanging over certain sections of the grocery store aisle? Well, if you said yes to that, you are not alone. Food makers have started making their packages with tons of different labels on their products and Some of them are important and tell us something important about the ingredients inside. Some of them, however, are just marketing and they're trying to fit into the latest health trend of what they think consumers want to see or are more likely to buy. So how do you know which is which? Unfortunately, it's not quite as straightforward as any of us wish that it was, but I'm hoping that After what I share with you here today, it will help clear it up just a little bit. So 
let's talk about three of the most common labels that you will find on foods or food products that can be confusing. The first one is non-GMO. So when something is a GMO crop, it means that is a crop that has been genetically altered or engineered to make it more resistant, usually to environmental factors or pests or something like that. Now, there's been a lot of debate back and forth whether GMOs are safe or not safe, and you'll find opinions on both sides of that. But there are concerns about GMOs in that they could add to overall body toxicity. They could worsen allergies and other sensitivities and possibly even contribute to risk for things like cancer. And so with GMOs, a lot of our packaged foods have ingredients in them that are common GMO crops. So like the, I think they said the top five, maybe most common are sugar, corn, soybean, or the soybean plant, canola, and cotton. And so that includes any of their derivatives as as well. So when you think about sugar, that's not just cane sugar, but if you get into like sugar type syrups and other forms of sugar, most likely going to be a GMO crop. Also corn, it's really hard to find something that doesn't have corn or a corn derivative in it. And corn is one of the most common GMO crops for sure. It might even be number one. It's either number one or number two. And so, you know, that includes obviously actual corn, as well as anything with cornmeal, cornstarch, high fructose corn syrup, any other kind of corn syrup, anything that is made from corn and it's not specifically labeled as non-GMO is probably going to be using that GMO crop. And then, you know, and a lot of things like salad dressings, sauces, condiments, um, frozen foods, other prepackaged foods, you see a lot of canola oils and cottonseed oils and soybean oils. And so unless those are marked non-GMO, those are likely all GMO crops as well. GMO crops are also commonly used in animal feed. So in whatever the meat that you're eating, whatever that meat was fed, oftentimes will be a GMO crop unless it specifically says that it wasn't. The next term I want to talk about is the term organic, which seems like it would be straightforward, but it actually has a lot more complexities in what it can mean. So there are different meanings for whether it is organic produce or if it's organic packaged items. And so there's a lot of different health concerns when it comes to something being organic or not. And when it's not, it can include a lot of artificial ingredients that are used in different types of food production, food preservation. And so there's just a lot of concern for those similar things that I mentioned with the GMOs, so allergies, sensitivities, um, contributing to cancer risk, contributing to DNA damage, as well as a lot of those artificial products, artificial dyes, artificial sweeteners, artificial flavors, they can have a really negative effect on our gut health and 
also overload our detox pathways and make it harder for them to do the job that they're supposed to do. So just know that going in, that's what some of the concern is about some of these products being non-organic. And so let me kind of break down a little bit of the difference between what organic means when you're talking about produce versus when you're talking about a packaged food item. So when we're talking about produce, the term organic means that it's only allowed about 25 different chemicals. So organic produce crops can still have herbicides and pesticides used on them, but they any chemicals within that, any synthetic chemicals have to fit within very stringent standards and rules. And there's only about 25 of those that are allowed. The comparison to that is in a conventional produce item, there's about 900 allowed in conventional farming practices. And so if it's organic, it means it has to be one of those 25. It also means that that chemical had to go through pretty rigorous testing that proved that it was not harmful to human health or harmful to the health of the environment. It also means that any farming practices on the farm that that particular item came from had to pass organic standards that are set by the USDA. And so it doesn't necessarily mean no herbicides, no pesticides. What it does mean is that any synthetic chemical used fits within these parameters that means that it's not going to be harmful to our health. Now, when referring to packaged items or more processed food items that have the label organic on it, that means something different. That means that any ingredients within that product, they cannot contain any of the following list of things. So that would be artificial dyes, artificial sweeteners, artificial flavors, artificial preservatives, high fructose corn syrup, partially hydrogenated oils, GMOs, any crops sprayed with glyphosate or any byproducts from glyphosate. If you remember, glyphosate is the chemical that's used in um, Roundup. It's had tons of uh, news coverage over the last couple of years for different lawsuits and all kinds of things going on with its link to um, cancer. So glyphosate's a big one. Also, it can't have any added hormones, antibiotics, or any glyphosate products or GMOs used in the animal feed if it's referring to a meat or a dairy product. It also means that if there were any herbicides or pesticides used on the crops in that product, that again, they have to meet that, those standards set by the USDA for organic farming practices. And then the third term I want to talk about is one that a lot of you messaged me back when I talked about it on Instagram and said, yes, this one is, <laughs> this is one that's really confusing and I completely agree. And that's the term natural flavors. So natural flavors, if you look at an ingredient label, it seems to be in just about everything, even your more, you know, what you would consider like healthy items. And natural flavors can be really confusing because it can actually consist of about 2,500 different ingredients. So there is some regulation on the term from the FDA, but it's very broad category. So the FDA just says the standard for it 
is that whatever that ingredient is, it has to be derived from either an animal or a plant. That leaves a lot of room, though, for GMOs, for glyphosate exposure, for, you know, a lot of different things that you may not necessarily feel comfortable um, eating and would otherwise avoid, but you don't know that you're being exposed to it because it's just kind of wrapped up in this natural flavors category. So that is one that to me, I want to like ask some more questions or be a little bit more curious about what all is in that if natural flavors is listed. A few other common labels that I see that I just kind of want to give you a heads up or a little warning about that can be misleading. One is the term natural. (laughs) You'll see this plastered on just about everything. And this term is completely unregulated. And it really, I mean, that means it could mean anything or it could mean nothing at all. It could be a completely conventional product and they can just slap the term natural on there. Um, Oftentimes you'll see it like in green letters or, you know, it's something with the marketing that they're trying to draw you to their product, but there's no regulation, there's no standard, so you have no idea what that actually means unless it's paired with another regulated term like organic or non-GMO. Also, if you see the terms zero calorie or low calorie, I would suggest that you really turn that around and look at that label because in order to make something zero calorie, it most likely has been stripped of any actual food (laughs) or any actual nutrients. And so it's likely just full of really artificial things instead. That also applies for something that says low sugar or zero sugar. If they're not using sugar, what are they using to sweeten it? So look at that ingredient label. It's most likely an artificial sweetener of some kind. And then another term that I heard from you guys that you said was confusing, and I totally get this, is when a product claims to be high in protein. So again, that doesn't really mean any specific thing. That's a very subjective label. And so it could mean anything. Most likely what it means is it's referring to the ratio of carbohydrates to protein in that particular product meaning it doesn't have a super unbalanced ratio, like a huge amount of carbs and super small amount of protein. They're probably trying to say like, hey, we think this is pretty balanced. Um, But again, that's very subjective as to what that company may think is balanced versus what you may feel is balanced for you. And a lot of people have different protein intake goals based on their health goals. I will say generally, this, this is my personal recommendation just based off of research and off of what works well for me. For adults, specifically for women, I typically recommend shooting for about 20 to 30 grams of protein per meal. That's not per ingredient or per product, that's per meal. So when you're looking at an ingredient or a product, think about, you know, all the ingredients or all the components of that meal and you just want that protein amount of the total meal to be sitting somewhere between that 20 and 30 grams. That should get you in a pretty decent uh, place for your overall protein intake for the day. Again, you might need to tweak that based on your own needs or preferences. So, I mean, as you can see, a lot of these terms are not as straightforward as we wish that they were. 
and can be kind of confusing, but I have a couple tips that I hope will help you navigate them now that you kind of know more what they mean and what the actual concern behind them might be. So my first tip is pay attention to that ingredient list, not just the nutrition facts on the back or just to the label. A lot of times, you know, we think we're making a healthy decision if we look at it and it has one of those labels on it, if it says organic or if it says natural or or whatever, or if we look at the nutrition facts and it has a decent amount of protein or it has a low amount of sugar, but that's not necessarily true. You still need to look at that ingredient list. And I would say, ask yourself a few questions. One, do you recognize most of the ingredients on that list as actual food? Meaning, did it come from an animal or did it come from the ground? Like, is it something you recognize and would eat as food? Also, how many ingredients are there? Are there 30 or are there five? Be, it can be a red flag if there's, you know, tons and tons of ingredients in that item. Usually when you are getting something and there's 20 to 30 ingredients in it, it's going to be a more highly processed, likely less real whole food item. And then those first few ingredients. So I don't know if, I feel like this is common knowledge, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's, (laughs) maybe I should say it. When you look at the ingredient list, those are in order of volume in the product. That's why a lot of times when you look at some kind of liquid, like water is the first thing because that's that's what it has the most of in there, the first ingredient. So when you're looking at this ingredient label, the first few products are going to be what you're getting the most of. Are those first few ingredients, any of those common GMO crops that we mentioned, sugar, corn, canola, cottonseed, soybean? If so, then look for that non-GMO label on what you're buying. That doesn't mean don't buy it, but if there's a non-GMO or an organic option to that, that would be a better alternative. The second tip is when you're looking at buying organic, a lot of people worry about the cost, especially right now, right? Food is a lot as well with everything else is super inflated and really expensive. And so my tip for this is not, you don't have to buy every single thing organic. You can stick to buying organic. When it comes to produce, stick to the dirty dozen. If you don't know what the dirty dozen are, you can look it up. Um, it's put it's a list put out by the Environmental Working Group or the EWG. And it just lists out the produce items that have the most harmful exposure or the mo- the highest amounts of exposure to potentially harmful pesticides and herbicides. That's going to be things like glyphosate. Usually you're going to find things on that list like corn, obviously, as we've already talked about. Um, but then like strawberries, spinach, a lot of things that you eat the skin of are going to be on that list, but also things like potatoes. Potatoes are also commonly uh, a GMO crop. And so Stick to, look that up, and then stick to the dirty dozen when you're buying produce. And then the rest of your produce, don't worry about if it's organic or not. You can just buy the conventional thing because there's not enough of any herbicides or pesticides being used on that to really cause much of a potential product. And 
even in conventional produce, you are getting so many antioxidants and fiber and all of these really good things that you need to just not like steer clear of buying produce because it's not organic. So organic for 30 dozen if you can, and then conventional for everything else. And then that kind of frees up a little bit of money in your grocery budget to buy organic for other foods that might need a little more priority to be organic. So to me, that's going to be things like meat, any kind of dairy product that I buy. Also, any of those common GMO crops, corn, sugar, canola, those types of things, looking for the non-GMO version of those. And then wheat, um, that's a confusing one in and of itself because wheat is actually not an, a GMO crop, even though you're likely to see a non-GMO label on it. That goes back to marketing again. Um, but it is a crop that is commonly sprayed with glyphosate. And so look for organic, the organic label if you're doing wheat. So again, just to summarize that point, because I said a lot of things right there. When you're buying produce, prioritize organic for the dirty dozen. Don't worry about it for the rest. When you're buying other things, prioritize organic for meat and dairy if you can. And then also those packaged items that include ingredients like sugar, corn, canola, wheat, those kinds of things. Okay. And then my third tip is if you're buying a product that includes natural flavors, which most items do, I would choose to buy an organic version of that as well if it's available. Because at least if it's organic, even if it says natural flavors, and even if I don't know exactly what that means, if it has the organic label on it, I know that it cannot include artificial dyes, GMO crops, um, artificial preservatives, things like that, that I am trying to otherwise avoid. So you can't really totally get away from the natural flavors. Um, it's just not even possible, really, if you're going to buy anything prepackaged. So just look for that organic label on something that has natural flavors as well. Okay, so there's really just so many more things I could say about food labeling with, and sharing with you, but I wanted to just really focus on the most common ones today. So I will say if you're wanting just more help in general about healthy eating, how to make healthy eating choices that are practical and realistic, I have a couple other episodes that you could check out. Episode 70, I share how to how I do meal planning and my process for meal planning, grocery shopping, all of that. And then in episode 90, I share tips on making healthy eating choices at parties or in social settings that can a lot of times be difficult as well. So you'll find a lot of really helpful tips in both of those episodes and both of those will be linked in the show notes below this episode. Well, I hope that this episode has helped make some of these food labels a little less confusing and you walk away from this episode just feeling more educated and empowered to make healthy food choices for your family. If you are wanting more ideas for healthy meals, I do have a few resources that I think you will love and will be helpful for you. You can download both my healing foods guide as well as my recipe ebook 
called Easy Healthy Eats by going to yourhealthforward.com slash freebies. Those links are also typically in my Instagram bio, so you can always get to them from there as well. And that does it for me today, friends. I hope that you learned something and that you enjoy the rest of your day. Keep moving forward. Go love your people well, and I'll talk to you soon. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.